RadioInfluence.com. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. My name is Seth, Jim sidekick and producer on America's most positive podcast. And I would say that there's actually even an extra dose of positivity on this particular episode. So, Jim, so much going on. What's on your mind? Oh, my goodness, uh, Seth. Uh, My mind is full of positivity. There's no question about it. I had the best time last week, Uh, Seth. I was in my beautiful hometown of Ashland, Kentucky. Uh, To put my hometown in perspective on the map, uh, it's part of the tri-state area. So Kentucky, right across the river, the Ohio River is Ironton, Ohio, southern Ohio. And then across another river is Huntington, West Virginia. So within 20 minutes, you can be in three states. And, uh, you know, I I landed, I was born and raised in Ashland, Kentucky, and uh, went uh, up into the hills, into Fleming Neon, and up near Hazard, uh, Letcher County. Uh, and uh, it was pretty poor up there, dirt floor, et cetera, et cetera. But then eventually moved back in the third grade to Ashland, Kentucky. So, you know, they say you can't go back, but who's they? Uh, <laughs> I, I went back. I, Seth, I spoke to four high schools. I got to give them a shout out. Uh, Boyd County High School. Russell High School, Greenup County High School, and then, of course, my alma mater, the Paul G. Blazer High School, home of the Tomcats. I went back and talked to all the student bodies of the high school. This is an area that's been really ravaged by uh, uh, economic uh, flight out of eastern Kentucky. Uh, Ashland Oil, Armco Steel, uh, shuttered and and uh, jobs completely were uh, dried up. Uh, that vacuum was filled also with opioids. It's one of the uh, number one this area, Huntington, West Virginia, was actually part of a a movie that got an Academy Award nomination called Heroin H E R O I N apostrophe E apostrophe heroin about three heroines, three females. And I, I was supposed to meet the, the police chief down there who was helping people with addiction, doing it in a non-conventional way. And uh, on my next trip, I will meet her and see what I can do to uh, help uh, people that are addicted with some kind of a blueprint. So it, it was pretty amazing. I, I had open to the public seminars. I was uh, inducted into a little museum, a Highland Museum. When I say inducted, there was a Smithsonian Institute traveling uh, uh, exhibition, if you will, about hometown sports, how it shapes America. And I'm blessed to be a part of that. And uh, there's a display and there's some videos, me coaching. But there's a lot of amazing people. Uh, Jack Barber, uh, a lot of you may not know him. He's a Hall of Fame golf instructor. uh, And he was a PGA Instructor of the Year a couple years back. Jack Barber. I played Little League uh, uh, baseball with Jack. So uh, we did a little uh, seminar on golf. So it was great to see him. And um, there's some amazing people there. They call it Country Music Highway Route 23. And we're talking Ricky Skaggs, L- Loretta Lynn. You're talking the Judds, who I live next door to. Uh, but it was sad to see the downtown area uh, ravaged. And, and the day I got, you know, drove into uh, Ashland, 
they had shuttered four restaurants with hepatitis A outbreaks, which that's terrifying. And and the county health department's giving uh, shots to everybody that uh, believes they might be exposed or they don't want to be exposed or having vaccination shots. So, you know, it's an area really hit hard. However, uh, they don't know you, Ashlyn. They don't know your heart. They don't know your soul. That was the theme of my talks. I uh, had some amazing student interaction. Um, I wasn't sure what to what to expect, Seth, when I gave these talks to the high schools, but I, I will tell you, looking in their eyes, uh, we don't know them. Uh, just because you're from tough times and maybe, uh, you know, eastern Kentucky, West Virginia, uh, there's a lot of famous people, successful people, uh, you know, not far from me. Uh, a lot of people uh, uh, don't know this, but George Clooney is from Maysville, Kentucky. That's just down the river from where I was raised. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Kentucky. Uh, so uh, what, what's the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? Uh, Johnny Depp, Kentuckian. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of famous people from uh, Appalachia. But more than that, it's a soul. It's a spirit. And uh, what uh, what a privilege it was for me to go home and the hospitality. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's amazing hospitality. Yeah. And, you know, you've gotten to do some really crazy cool things from drink champagne with the Rolling Stones to be backstage at some of the most exclusive sporting events in the world. But there's something about going home. There's something well, about giving back. You know, there is. And uh, uh, the hospitality of the area for me uh, and, and uh, my family was just it was overwhelming i have to thank dr jack diddy my my former doubles partner we used to terrorize all the big city boys <laughs> up, up there in louisville and lexington you know uh when we won a state title uh in doubles and uh, but he was instrumental in really bringing me back to ashland and uh uh helping me help as many people as i could so it, it was a really awesome eight days coaching ashland never thought i'd be coaching a city but uh, uh, I'm looking forward to going back. And, and we gave away a lot of books, the blueprint to the local library, all the school libraries. We must have given away a couple thousand of, uh, of my book, The Blueprint. So um, giving is one of the most selfish activities, Seth, you know, because just to, to be able to give my time, my effort, uh, it was uh, so rewarding for me. I, I can't even tell you how rewarded I was meeting so many awesome people and young people that there is hope. And uh, I, I suspect that going to those four high schools, especially, I may have uh, been talking to the next president of the United States, next governor of Kentucky, uh, next internet billionaire, or the next best selling author, or, or the next. Uh, a uh, great uh, baseball player, Hall of Famer, and uh, it, it was pretty amazing. I, I, after every one of my talks, there were 40, 50 people uh, asking me personal questions, and uh, uh, I really, it was special. It was a special, special time for me. The other thing, Seth, uh, that was on my mind, I had not been to the grave of my best friend, Brian Judd, who uh, I lost him as my best friend. Of course, his family lost him. That was November the 8th, 1965. That was the worst day of my life. Uh, talking about America's Most Positive Show, I was negative that day, and I, I was judgmental, and I felt like a victim of the circumstance. You know, uh, to be 15 years old and to lose your uh, best buddy, um, who was incredible, funny, smart uh, guy, the brother of the singing duo, Mom, the Judds, Naomi Judd's brother, Brian. Uh, and that, that uh, I finally went back to the gravesite. Hadn't been there in, goodness gracious, you know, over 50 years. Very emotional time for me. But I will tell you, uh, that day, uh, I had like a voice, and maybe it was, maybe, you know, it was in my imagination, or maybe it was real. I don't know. I, but a voice really came over me. Uh, never have a bad day again. And said, I haven't had a bad day. It's been over 20,000 days uh, to honor my best friend. Uh, so it was good to be home. Uh, they, they, whoever they are, so you can't go home. They don't know you. Uh, that's my message to this amazing area. Now, speaking of which, 
a lot of childhood memories surface while I'm there. Uh, Seth, we got a special day coming up, uh, America. Uh, and that special day is always the second Sunday in May. It's Mother's Day. And we all have a mom, uh, either living or deceased, but we all have a mom. And I really believe that mom is the world's greatest coach. And have you ever pondered, Seth, the impact your mother actually had on you? I mean, if, if you sit down and think about uh, four years old, five years old, uh, we did the research in 1974 on uh, you learn more in the first 60 months of life than the rest of your life in cumulative. It's like, wow, how is that possible? That's a lot of uh, knowledge poured into your brain in a short amount of time. But mom really helped mold everybody in, into who you are. Uh, and have you ever recalled uh, how many of your mother's teachings that actually molded you into, uh, you know, the man you are today. And if you think about how your mom's simple deeds transformed your life, um, and with close inspection, you're going to know why mom was and probably still is the world's greatest coach. And I, I've met a lot of coaches, great coaches around the world, but is there a better coach than mom? I, I mean, I, I got to tell you what I learned. 1955. I'm taking you back, Seth. I'm taking okay, you. Okay, here we this go. Getting the way back machine. I was six years old. Terrified. I, I went to my first social event alone. And it was a next door neighbor, a little girl named Lorraine. Don't remember her last name. Birthday party. And mom said, it was next door. Jimmy, take your present. And you're going to Lorraine's uh, birthday party. Um but the only person I knew, we just moved into the area, uh, into Moorhead, Kentucky. And the only person I knew was Lorraine, my next door neighbor. So I was pretty quiet, pretty reserved, pretty shy. Didn't, in fact, I didn't say a word to anybody, including Lorraine. I was a little terrified. And so after hearing about my lame party appearance, my mom, um, she said, uh, little bird told me you didn't have fun at the party. Well, why was that, Jimmy? I didn't know anyone. I mean, that's what, what I answered. And she looked me in the eye and she said, you know, the way you felt was probably the way a lot of the boys and girls felt. You don't want other people to feel that way, do you? Um, no. No, I, I don't. Then you need to shake everybody's hand, look them in the eye, and tell them your name. And we're going to start practicing that. And I remember a first cognitive lesson, practicing saying my name. Hi, I'm Jimmy Fannin. How are you? Uh, so, yeah, the party was a total disaster. Uh, but, you know, my mom and maybe like your mom, Seth, uh, always seemed to make things better. And um, the events that would transpire during the sixth year of my life, uh, collective game changers. So here they are. <clears throat> my confidence grew, obviously, from that time uh, on how to introduce myself to a stranger. Seth, that's where I learned how to network, and goodness gracious, that served me well as a business person over the years. My mom taught me how to network. Uh, stashed inside of a cigar box, I had stuffed 35 bucks in cash. My mom uh, went with me to the bank, and I gave them my cigar box, 35 bucks, put it in a little savings account, and... Uh, after begging my mom over and over, uh, days and days later, I said, Mom, I, I want to go back and check on my money. She thought that was a hoot. And so, <laughs> so uh, we went back, and I said, I, I'm Jimmy Fannin, and here's my passbook. And I was expecting them to bring out my cigar box uh, <laughs> with, uh, you know, with my money. Uh, but obviously, uh, the cigar box was thrown away. But that, that's the first time I learned about money. I learned about interest. And I definitely learned about banks. And, um, and then I, in that year, I, I handpicked some apples uh, from uh, a neighbor's orchard and started selling them door to door uh, in a little red wagon. I made my first dollar. The irony is I sold them to the guy that owned the orchard, which is incredible. <laughs> 
And he, 100% profit, I guess, right? 100%. He goes, where'd you get the apple? I go, right right down there. <laughs> you know, it was at <laughs> his yard. And uh, But, you know, that's where I learned about capitalism, and I learned uh, how to be an entrepreneur. And I got a little crazy with the money thing, Seth. Uh, I sold all my toys. My mother went literally berserk. I made $2.75. Uh, she went crazy. I sold every toy in my room. Here, four cents. Here, you could have this. Everything clean, gone. And um, risk and reward was now in its infancy of my stage of learning. So uh, but I learned the value of money, and I learned uh, you need to buy low and sell high. Obviously, we bought high and sold low. It's not good. I, I learned a big lesson. Thank you, Mom. Uh, First grade uh, experience, uh, my mom cut me some slack. She goes, you're on your own. You're, you're ready. Uh, she didn't bay me. Be, I mean, I'm an only child, and uh, uh, she made me feel big. Uh, so I learned to share. I learned to wait my turn. I learned to think in the crowd. And uh, uh, I also learned to know that I'm still special uh, in a crowd. I learned that from my mother. Um, now, when we moved to Moorhead, Kentucky, there's a university there. It's awesome, Moorhead State University. It's a major university, and uh, I learned there's a zillion books. So uh, I, I got my first library card, age six, and uh, I thought, well, that's cool. Just like my mom, she was uh, getting her degree there. And um, I, I learned to tie a double knot in my shoe, be self-reliant. Um, I, I learned um, that haircuts are cool. I didn't want to go, and then I learned that, well, that's the same guy that cut my dad's hair, and and mom made a big deal of how awesome I looked, and what I looked like a young man. I thought, wow, looking good's a, a big deal. That gave me a lot of pride. Um, baseball, uh, you know, she put me in team sports. I, I learned to be a team player. Uh, I learned three French words and uh, three French words in in school in the second grade, and my mom and I, we talked those French words and acted French and uh, acted. We had a hillbilly French accent. Uh, and then she showed me where <laughs> France was on a map. And I, that's where I got my, my, my love, you know, that, you know, that people are different and places are different. And I, I'm not going to force you to reenact the hillbilly French accent. I'm just going to let it play in my mind what I think that is. It's, uh, yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm not sure I can uh, replay that. Uh, I can still talk hillbilly, though. I can still, my, my, my wife goes, what happened to you? Your accent totally went south uh, as soon as uh, we, we made it into Kentucky. So, you know, I, 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 want, I, I had my first fight that year. Uh, my mother made me go apologize, which was more difficult. And, uh, I learned that fighting seldom uh, turns out good. And um, it, it's just amazing. You know, I ran away from uh, home at age six. I was gone 30 minutes. I crossed US 60, Highway 60, very busy highway, asked for a job at a gas station. I'm six years old. My mom's watching through a window across the street. They gave me a job, 10 cents to wipe a windshield off cars. And then I got fired because I couldn't reach the middle of the windshield. And, uh, and then I came back home and uh, I learned that uh, don't run away from a challenge because uh, I was mad at my mom for not letting me do what I wanted to do. And uh, I also learned working for somebody else is not easy. Maybe that's why I've never had a job uh, since being an entrepreneur. And, of course, the biggest lesson is you will get your uh, – uh, you will get in trouble if you cross U.S. Route 60 by yourself, so not good. I, I just learned so much uh, uh, that year, Seth. Um, I, I really did. Uh, you know, she showered me with love at every turn. I, I was convinced I could do anything if I put my mind to it, and I believed her. You know, I believed my mom. She was right. Uh, and she said four words, uh, not every night, but it seemed like every night. And I've done the same thing with my daughter, and I know my daughter's going to do this for my grandson. I believe in you. And she would say that night after night as I was drifting off to sleep. Little did I know that uh, that phrase has uh, biology, anatomy, brain science to it that 
those words would be replayed 15 to 20 times while I sleep. That really bolstered my um, self-esteem. It was a great year, 1955, and, and so I, I got to thank uh, my mom this uh, uh, Mother's Day. Uh, so what did your mom do for you, Seth? What, what, uh, what, did, what lessons did you learn from your mother? You know what? Very similar. It's, it's funny. We grew up in very similar situations in different states because I was at the corner of Illinois, Iowa, and Missouri, three states. Um, very, uh, very similar culturally, very similar economic situations. Uh, and my mom was very much from a very young age, you know, pick your head up, look people in the eye, shake their hand, uh, that networking thing. And I would say all the moms in the county or a lot of them, uh, I grew up with, with a high standard of excellence above me. One of my good friends, I grew up a few years younger than me or a few years older than me rather, uh, became the CFO at a, a company that you coached. So I'm not going to say their name because I, I don't know what, you know, privacy agreement you had there. Uh, but became in charge of uh, you know the financial side of like two billion dollars, uh, and this is in the second poorest county in the state of Illinois. Wow! Um, and so you know, learn to like get up, work hard. You know, love the people around you, help, look people in the eye, and keep your word. And that'll pretty much carry you through life, right there. Uh, keep your word. Your word is your bond. Uh, my mom said, you know, if you shake a shake a, another kid's hand, uh, and this obviously was completely brought forward as an adult, uh, your word's your bond. I'll see you next Tuesday at 5. Then, you know, I'm going to be there. Um, Joey Cora and I uh, had an agreement. Uh, he was a Major League Baseball player, played for the Mariners. And at the time in spring training, we set up a schedule of when we're going to meet when he's on the road. This is the, the schedule for the year, entire year. Uh, so in uh, May, I'm going to be in Kansas City, and I'll be there on that day. And when the game's over, I'll uh, meet you in your hotel room. So we made that decision. I wrote them down, and we never confirmed them. Not one time. I was just I just showed up. He expected that. He grew up like that, although in Puerto Rico. And I was the same thing. Uh, did not have a, an agreement with anybody. Uh, as a client until about six years ago. And and so Alex Rodriguez, handshake. Frank Thomas, handshake. Um, GE Healthcare. Uh, my, my attorney was like, are you serious? Uh, handshake. It was on a handshake uh, that they paid me a lot of money uh, to coach their company. Uh, they said that's the uh, first person in GE uh, as a vendor I did it on a handshake. So, you know, I think we need uh, agreements today for accuracy, definitely not honesty. Uh, but the little things in life, your words, your bond. I learned that from my mother uh, and my father. And I think it's these core values that moms teach in the formative years of our life that, uh, you know, make make us who, you know, the men and women we are today. And I, I want everybody to really go back and honor mom, not for what she's doing for you now. And if your mom's no longer with us on the planet and, uh, but she's there in spirit, uh, do like I do. I open the door for, uh, ladies, um, that's to honor my mom. And I'm standing there holding the door and they're going through the other door. Some of the younger ones, I'm like, get back here. (laughs) Yeah. Let me open this door for you. Uh, chivalry is not dead. Uh, but that's honor my mother, and um, uh, I think we need to do that every day. Why do you think, Seth, that big, giant, 6'5", 330-pound, you know, strong men athletes uh, look in, in the camera, tear up, and go, hi, Mom, uh, over and over and over again? Moms were there in our formative years teaching us manners, teaching us uh, how to speak in public. Uh, how to uh, etiquette, uh, hygiene, nutrition. If you look at all the little things mom really teaches, and don't get me wrong, we got dads, single dads out there also doing the same thing. So uh, you'll have your due soon on Father's Day, but uh, this is not just moms. But I would give up all my earthly possessions. I would to have lunch with my mom one more time 
I think about her every day. So uh, this day, uh, Mother's Day coming up, uh, do something special for your mom. It doesn't have to be money. doesn't have to be a big present. Uh, just tell her how you appreciate the little things that help mold you into the person you are. And let me just observe something here because you just got back from this trip. Big part of your mom's legacy is what just happened when you went back. Oh, wow. You know, it, it is Seth. It, it's, uh, yeah, she would have been proud. There's no question. Uh, she was a giver, uh, never met a stranger, laughed all the time, met a lot of people uh, that knew my mom and told me stories about my mom. She was always laughing. And uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good to hear about <clears throat> all the positive things that she had done in her life, all the giving that that she had done. So uh, yeah, that was for my mother. No, no question. No question about it. Absolutely. And this is where the score system and being in the zone does touch every area of your life. You know, I don't think there's a better episode to, to do that reminder. You are more than, and you fill in the blank. You're more than a baseball player. You're more than an executive. You are more than. Uh, and one of those things is you are uh, you son, know, or, son daughter. or daughter. Yeah. 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 You're a son or daughter uh, to awesome uh, mom or awesome dad or both parents. And, uh, you know, we're a society, Seth, that, um, we uh, can toss the elderly to the side, even our own parents put them in a home. And, and I know sometimes that might be necessary to have some kind of care for a parent. But uh, I, I think when an elderly person passes a library, has burnt to the ground, uh, I, I'm calling out everybody, if you have not interviewed hopefully on tape, on video, on audio, interview your mom, uh, interview your dad, interview your parents. Um, you're going to learn a lot. I, I was blessed to be able to do that before both my parents passed away to go back and say, could you have raised me differently? Uh, what challenges, you know, uh, drove you nuts? What, what's the one thing that made you proud in me? If you could have raised me all over again, would you have done something different? Uh, and who was your first love? I, I learned a lot about it, their life. Go back and interview your parents. And if you got some siblings and pool your questions and get it memorialized now, great grandkids, great, great grandkids uh, will be able to see the memorial uh, that you created for your mom and dad. The technology Let's us do that today. And I've just got to say, you know, when we're, we're talking about, you know, valuing people of different ages and kind of pop culture says that you must, you probably peak at 21 when you're in college. That's the best years of your life, to which I always respond, oh, that means the rest of your life's not that good. You might want to work on that. Yeah, I, I, I think the best year of your life or the best time of your life is right now. Absolutely. Uh, you know, no place I'd rather be, Seth, than where I am right now uh, with you. Otherwise, uh, you know. I'd get off the air, and, yeah, and and that's a mindset. And I, I've got to say, um, I've I've still I'm heavily inspired. My uh, I talked to my mom right before I got here. Uh, my stepdad, who's seventy two, I'm going to say this a little bit of red face, and I'm going to put a little bit of a, a footnote on it, saying that um, I wasn't running real hard yesterday, uh, but I, I just did a, I got out for a quick two mile run, uh, and my stepdad got out for a quick two mile run. He's seventy two. I'm thirty five. Guess who posted a better time? Oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> he was, he's running a uh, seven-minute mile in his 70s, uh, which is, is fantastic. So this whole thing of go back, interview, grab it. Still, I, I, you know, I had a, an amazing relationship with my grandparents, uh, you know, with my core family. The one I wish I would have done that for, uh, there was a guy in my town that I, I probably talked to every week when I went to the bank. I was 16. He was 90. Two, and he had just started his eleventh bank. He turned ninety-two, and he was like, "You know what? One more three-piece suit every day." Still, one of the most inspirational figures of my life. And man, I wish I could ask that guy a few more questions. There was an older guy in high school, Ashland, uh, Kentucky, Paul G. Blazer. An older guy got up in the fourth quarter, almost uh, every every game. We could be down by 10 points, 8 points in basketball, and he would lead the entire gym 
and I'll never forget that. When you're up, you're up. When you're down, you're down. When you're up against the Tomcats, you're upside down. And I, I always looked at this guy and go, well, this old guy. And uh, anyway, when I went back, this old guy, Jim Fannin, led that cheer to keep the spirit. I led that cheer. A lot of them hadn't heard that cheer. Uh, and I told them that story, and I, I got everybody fired up. So, you know, there's a lot to be learned from the elderly, but there's even more lessons to be learned from uh, mom and dad. And at some point, Seth, you wake up and you go, man, I'm starting to coach my mom. You know, I'm starting to coach my dad. And uh, that will happen, uh, but hopefully it's a positive transition. But no matter what, uh, mom backwards and dad backwards is still mom and it's still dad. Uh, They're your parents, and uh, they definitely formed the person that you are today. Don't forget, we learn more in the first 60 months of our lives then we will learn the rest of our life accumulative. What a responsibility, what an accountability, and what an authority a parent has over those 60 months. And uh, uh, and if you've turned out pretty well, you can uh, look in your mom's eye or you look up to heaven and go, uh, thanks, Mom. I, I appreciate it. Happy Mother's Day, Moms, world's greatest coach. No doubt about it for my for my money. So what else is happening in society? Who's in the zone, Seth? This is a, a pretty full zone week, actually. And I, I do think we got to start um, with LeBron James. And of course, LeBron James is one of the greatest athletes in any sport ever. But we may be looking at his best season here. It's amazing. I, I, I watched him uh, last night, and uh, I, I am so glad that I don't, I'm not in the NBA trying to guard him uh, because he is posterizing pretty much everybody. Uh, he, he's putting on some spin moves. He's making three-pointers. He's made two last-second game winners. That's impressive. That bank shot was unbelievable. Well, that, that, from, uh, that's like an off-bank shot. That's going to your left, shooting a bank shot fadeaway uh, with his right hand off the glass. Uh, yeah, just like he said in his press conference, don't try that at home. Uh, but that's to win the game at the buzzer. Uh, the last guy to have uh, two last-second uh, game-winning shots was Robert Horry. So that's been some years ago. Uh, LeBron, you are clutch. You are the moment of truth. And uh, my hat goes off to you, no question about it. And you've brought your team up to another level. You've made everybody better. Uh, they say James Harden's going to get the MVP, and I'm like, ah, really? Uh, I, I don't know. I, well, and I, I think that we need to maybe. look at this season, too, and Jim, I'd love to have you speak into this, about the, the mentality and the discipline to stay who you are, you know, as, as a group, as a company, as a team, uh, throughout the ups and downs. Because I'm just going to go back to October when I just said, you know, we were doing In the Zone, and I'm like, I, I don't want to be in the business predicting the NBA Finals because... The, you know, the media were saying, well, it has to be, it has to be Cavs Warriors. Why even play the season? And then the Cavs lose to Orlando and everybody was saying, oh man, these guys just, they're a mess. They, they can't get it together. And then you continue on and they almost lose to the Pacers. Uh, and they're going, oh man, I don't know. Pace, about these. Pacers, um, they, they, yeah. they had the Cavs on the ropes. Yeah, they did. Definitely could be uh, playing right now. And so uh, LeBron and co have gone through probably six or seven ups and downs of the media and, you know, kind of the armchair quarterbacks praising their name and then saying they're terrible and so, praising their but name. One, one thing, Seth, has not changed, and that is LeBron James' mindset. Yes. It has not changed. He, he opens strong. Uh, he defers to his players, but if he needs to take over the game defensively or offensively, both sides of the ball, uh, he's definitely done it. So that is impressive. We got to give uh, some kudos, though, also to the Boston Celtics because uh, they lost two superstars, Kyrie Irving. Uh, they lost uh, Hayward right at the beginning of the season. How do you lose two stars, especially? Irving, their point guard, also up for MVP, and then continue to win. Uh, I think Brad Stevens, you're in the zone as a coach. 
of putting your players in the right system, the right plays, calling timeouts at the right time, saying the right thing, and not saying uh, certain things and letting your team play. Uh, this is masterful, Brad Stevens, of what you've done. And I've got to say, I'm going to go ahead and point you back to a previous episode, Triple A, uh, Adapt, Adjust, Adhere, uh, which is one of those Jim Fannin coaching tools. The Boston Celtics mastered that. Uh, a woman, Kentucky Derby, my old Kentucky home. Yes, I cried when they played uh, my old Kentucky home. Every year I cry. Yeah. The Kentucky Derby was played in the greatest two minutes in sports, by the way. It was played in the slop. It rained. It was horrible. It was muddy. Uh, it really caused uh, sophisticated betters to start questioning what to do. Uh, Justify uh, became the only horse uh, that did not win as a two-year-old to win the Kentucky Derby. It never happened before. But a woman in Texas bet $18, the pick five. This is like the ultimate lottery. The pick five, picking five winners in five races. One of them was 39 to one on a sloppy track, which throws everything out. $1.2 million. 18 bucks. Let's go to the track, have some fun, throw down a little $18 bet. Eh, I'll pick five winners. Seriously, she walks away. I saw someone uh, joking, I bet it's five to two she'll lose her money uh, before next year's Derby. And you know what? If she does, so be it. Spend it all. <laughs> it's your money. Uh, maybe after taxes you'll have 800 grand. It doesn't matter. What a fun time at the track. Uh, lady from Texas who didn't want to give her name. You're in the zone. <laughs> You're in the zone. That's probably a pretty good, pretty good idea to not give your name in that situation. I gotta uh, say. She right now has more friends and relatives than she ever knew that she was going to have. She's got a lot of friends and relatives coming out of the closet once they found out or do find out uh, of the windfall she just had. Anyway, that's a zone day. And I, I'm going to throw in one more NBA moment here. TJ McConnell from... Uh, Philadelphia. His only average 6.3 points a game. You may not, unless you're a really big basketball fan, you probably don't know that name. Uh, he just caught fire uh, 19 points in 39 minutes. I saw that game Monday night. Oh my goodness. Uh, he had a look in his eye on defense and offense. He looked possessed. Uh, so to, to have your career record, not, not just playoffs, anytime uh, on a big stage in that moment, uh, being down uh, three nothing, uh, wow, pretty impressive. Uh, you're in the zone, and you know I've seen and heard about athletes making that kind of jump, going from a guy nobody kind of really knows to holy cow, who is that, and how did he just do that? If you're looking to perform like that in your golf game, you can actually do that if you're in the Chicago area, or you can get to the Chicago area coming up. Uh, JimFannon.com Golf in the Zone School. It's going to be you and also Brian Mogg, who is one of Golf Magazine's top 100 instructors. Brian Mogg is just a great golf instructor, uh, not just because of the mechanical knowledge, skill, and experiences this person has with uh, the golf swing. He's a player's player. This guy can play, still can play, uh, and um, come out to the school. I've done almost 50 golf in the zone schools with Brian Mogg, and it's a full-day school. We're going to have a great time. Uh, you're going to lower your handicap. You're going to have the same pre-performance tools, the same adjustment tools, the same uh, evaluation tools that Luke Donald used to become number one in the world. Same tools Mike Small and his University of Illinois men's golf team have used to win nine Big Ten championships, one of them just this past week. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to having this school with Brian Mogg. There's only a couple spots left. Go to jimfannon.com. They're on the homepage. There's a banner ad you can register. Or if you have some questions about it, ask Jim, A-S-K-J-I-M, at jimfannon.com, and I'll, I'll give you the 411 on how to get your game in the zone. And we're going to give you an extra big uh, shot of positivity here on America's Most Positive Podcast. Um, I'm actually 
I'm going to go ahead and say, I, I hope that maybe we can get this guy on the show at some point. Uh, Justin Galagos, he's out in Oregon uh, and decided as a freshman in high school that he wanted to be a runner. Okay. So a lot, a lot of kids run, you know, yeah. still a very popular sport. Um, Justin was actually born with cerebral palsy, which means he has a lot of muscle control um, challenges to overcome. And when he started, he fell down all the time. I mean, so all of a sudden running for Justin became uh, like a contact sport like this, you know, this kid looks like he's been playing rugby or something. And the thing is, is people were saying, you can't, you can't do this. I mean, he, he gave it a shot. That was good. Right. Now he's in college. He hasn't quit running. He just finished his first half marathon. Thanks to Nike who uh, analyzed his gait and has made a special shoe for him. Oh my goodness. That they're actually hoping to roll out to the public so that people with other, uh, you know, kind of physical and chronic challenges are able to take up the sport of running. And he says that he's actually trained his body uh, to be able to run and, you know, kind of work around his challenges. I don't think I've ever heard of something like this before. That's impressive. And, and that comes back under the umbrella theme. You don't know me. You know, this person has a serious physical condition, but you don't know his heart. You don't know his soul. You don't know his tenacity and his belief that he can do something. I had that experience at Russell High School. Uh, I'm talking to the student body. There's like 800 in, in, on both sides of the gym, Seth. And at the end, uh, well, first of all, I, I was telling them my story of how I got started in Kentucky and how no one believed I could play on the pro tour and I didn't have a coach and uh, you know, I didn't have a sponsor. I didn't have an agent. I wasn't nationally ranked. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of challenges people are saying that I, I'm probably not going to overcome those. And my thought was, you don't know me. Uh, when I wanted to write a book, uh, I was telling Russell High School that, uh, you know, I had people say, you can't write a book. You don't have an agent. You've never written a book before. It's not easy. It sounds easy. And uh, you don't know how to do it. And I thought, I learned how to write it in, in this part of the country really well. I had two very inspiring teachers that were hard on me to do it the correct way. And so I did learn how to write. And I thought, you don't know me. And, you know, here it is five books later. So as I'm telling the story, uh, the student body of, of Russell was shouting out, you don't know me. And so that was the theme. And um, that no matter where you're from or what the conditions, circumstances are, people really don't know you, what you think and how you feel and, you know, and what your confidence is. At the very end of that talk at Russell, I asked if there are any questions, and a lot of people raised their hand. And uh, Katie, I'm going to give Katie a shout out right now, raised her hand. I went over and... Uh, asked her uh, what she wanted in life, and, and she told me she had epilepsy. And I, I could barely understand her. And then as I got closer to her, I did. She said, I want to be a singer. And no one believes I can sing. And I said, can you sing? And she said, yes. I said, sing for me. And she started to sing uh, the national anthem. I was like, oh, my goodness. She's picked the most difficult uh, uh, song. And from a voice that I introduced myself with, Kate, she introduced herself with me, uh, that voice changed into an angel's voice singing. I brought her out, Seth, in the middle of the auditorium, and I said, don't you think it's time for your first public concert the student body got so fired up, her student body, and she sang the national anthem. She was overcome by emotion because everybody had stood, put their hand over their heart, and um, toward the end of the song, which is obviously one of the most difficult songs to sing, much, much less in public for the first time, uh, she stumbled, and the entire student body started singing in unison take her to another level, and uh, that's how it ended. There wasn't a dry eye in there. The principal was bawling. I was crying like, like a child, of course. And uh, Katie, you're in the zone. You're in the zone. 
they didn't know you, didn't they? They didn't know that you could sing. They didn't know your heart. And for you to get up in front of the student body and do that, I am so proud of you to this day. It, it was so, uh, I, I'm honored to have met you. You inspire me. And they're actually still working on the final edit, um, you know, of some footage that they got. We do have footage of that, which is amazing. And uh, Katie's parents have allowed us to uh, show it to anyone. It's very inspiring. And uh, but it took a lot of courage. uh, And I don't think anybody in that auditorium believed that this young lady uh, with epilepsy would have the courage to actually do that. So, boy, Katie. You're in the zone. Well, and I, I'm going to go ahead and just tell on us. And, you know, if, as you're picturing this in your mind, collectively, Jim and I are about 13 feet tall between us. <laughs> We're both pretty tall guys, pretty big guys. And, uh, you know, former, former college athletes. And we, 30 seconds before we started the show, we're still crying. We're crying like, oh my, we're crying like babes. We got Kleenex out and I go, Seth, I'm glad no one's watching you and I. We're, we're sitting there blubbering, you know, out of control, weeping. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, it, don't you love when you see someone overcome a challenge uh, in their life? Uh, encourage people. Uh, they don't know you. Um, that message uh, resonated with the audiences in this part of the country. And, and the irony of that message, Seth, is uh, I, I'm having a dinner with Dr. Jack Diddy, and uh, we're at the Dairy Queen, not far from Maya High School. Uh, we're having dinner, and two high school students, two girls, they came up, and they, they yelled at me, you don't know me, and, uh, and they were laughing, and, uh, and I said back, you don't know me, and, of course, we took a selfie. Then when I finally went back to my hotel, uh, there was a – a uh, person sitting uh, sitting on a bench in front of the hotel, and she looks at me and she goes, "You don't know me." So uh, I, I I have to tell you, Ashland, Boyd County, Greenup, Russell, thank you for allowing me to have a glimpse of knowing you. You do have courage, you do have heart, you do have spirit, and I I really believe that our country's in good hands. And who do we thank for that? Mom, dad, uh, helping us become better decision makers. We need to make some decisions in this country. We do. Uh, Not only on a national level, but all the way down to a local level. And I think that's one of the greatest things parents can do for your your kids is turn them into world-class decision makers. Unfortunately, uh, you may have to let them lose a little bit. So they can learn from it. A lot, a lot of lessons are learned in losses. And uh, I really uh, feel great about uh, not the plight of my area economically or even with the opioid crisis. But when I looked into the eyes of the students, I thought, you know, we're going to be all right. Uh, they just need little tools. They need a blueprint, uh, which is I, I, I'm open and free to share as much as I can. So Everybody, find those zone performers that live in your own home and uh, encourage them, inspire them. Um, Maybe you don't know them. You know, it could even be a brother. Uh, It could be a sister. Uh, Or maybe it's your son or daughter. Uh, There's a lot behind uh, uh, a face. There's a lot behind a smile. There's a lot behind a frown. Uh, there's a lot going on. Don't forget, we have two to 3,000 thoughts every single day. Uh, thank goodness no one can see the printout of all those thoughts. But it's that printout of your inner dialogue that's going to dictate whether you're going to be successful or not. You need to think about what you think about. But also, when you see someone do something positive based on their thoughts, uh, you know, give them a hug, uh, inspire them, reinforce it. Uh, we need to turn this country into a land of positivity, of hope, possibility, belief, expectancy, and, and a sense of knowing. Uh, we're coming on uh, summer, Independence Day. We got Mother's Day. Then we'll have Father's Day. We need to celebrate us, us. 
You know, last week's show was all about you. It was looking in the mirror, cleaning up your sables, cleaning up your beables in your life. Um, this show is about the spirit of a group of people, and uh, it's about unity, and it's about uh, motherhood, and it, it's about sharing and motivating and inspiring people. We make a difference. That difference, however, starts in the mirror. Look in the mirror and realize maybe people don't know you. But the most important thing, you got to know you. You got to know your hopes, your dreams. And, and you need to know that you can overcome your fears. You can overcome your challenges. Um, they're just temporary blockades that you can get through it. Um, be decisive. Have your chin up uh, with the light switch, uh, your chin up, and uh, everything's possible, Seth. It really is. Uh, we're blessed to have free will. We can think anything we want. Ashland, Kentucky, think positive. You have free will. Ready to do a little mailbag? Let's do it. I'm excited. I'm fired up. Ask Jim at jimfannon.com. That's ask Jim at jimfannon.com. Want to just do a quick footnote before this question. If you're new to the Jim Fannon show and you haven't grabbed the blueprint book yet, you got to do that because otherwise this question's, you know, not going to make as much sense to you. Um, you need to, to really know where you're going, which is if you're, this is your first episode. Hey, that's cool. Welcome, and you got to know where you're going. Yeah, nothing great happens without a blueprint. That's a, a building, a, a home, a, a city. Uh, we need a blueprint, and I think that's what we need right now, and, and that's really why I wrote the book. Uh, the book was written from approximately 2,500 clients, their blueprint on how they became successful. But it's not just their sport or their business or their job. Uh, it's a blueprint uh, for wellness. We touched on that a little bit last week. Personal finance, uh, being a sibling, uh, being a mom or dad, uh, being a son uh, or daughter, being a best friend, and um, and also being um, charitable in your own uh, community. So it, it is being the best you can be, but in every facet of your life, that's what this book is about. So you'll not only get a blueprint when you're done reading it, but you'll also have some tools on how to manifest it, which is even more important. And of course, your best year ever is made up of four of your best quarters ever. So we're looking at, you know, at life right now, April to July. That's the second quarter, right? Question here. Hey, Jim, of my four main goals for this quarter, I'm doing great on two and two need to be pulled up. How can I do better across all of them without letting the other two slide back down? Well, you have to think about really what you think about. The two that you're, you haven't achieved, uh, I, I would look, first of all, and reassess the goal itself. You know, goals need to be measurable. They need to be attainable. Uh, they need to be doable. But more importantly, they need to be attainable, doable within the time frame. So, do you need to move the goalpost back or do you need to move it up? Did you bite up more than you can chew? Uh, maybe not. Maybe say, no, I, I can do this. This is what I want and I can do it within this quarter of the year. Then you need to look at it and say, what are the challenges that I'm facing? Are they real? Are they perceived? And am I prioritizing tasks and some small goals? that are going to lead to this major, you know, two goals that you're trying to achieve. So I think it's just now a time to reassess where you are. Uh, where's point B? Uh, where's point A? And then I would work in reverse and draw a line in reverse chronologically. So I'd go to the end of the last day of the quarter and work backwards. Uh, but you need to see this achieved. You need to see it completed and finished state. And uh, you need to think about it a little bit more than you have been. Obviously, uh, you've uh, accomplished the other two goals. They were maybe easier, or maybe those were the ones that were prevalent and occupied a lot of your mental thoughts. So uh, it's time to refocus and uh, maybe even re-up what you're doing. 
And of course, we always go out on giving you what you need. We talk about having, you know, your four best quarters ever to have the best year of your life. That means you got to have the best week right now. And to have the best week, you need to have your score levels balanced. Jim, I'm going to set this up um, with kind of my before and after thinking. Okay. So I actually, just as an entrepreneur, as a business person, just had my uh, second best month ever in May. Woo-hoo! And I know, right? And then That's I, awesome. I found myself just kind of driving, you know, by myself with my thoughts. I just had about 30 minutes of just kind of this Eeyore thing where it's like, what do I feel so bad about exactly? And it was just a simple adjustment, which is, uh, you know, the score system, which we're going to break down. I was tipped a little too far one way and just needed to bring those levels back up. And before I had, you know, the gym fan and tools in my life, I would have thought, well, why can't I just be happy with this? And it's not just, why can't I just make myself happy? It's where are my levels at in these five areas? And when those are balanced, you can walk around. Like well, 10 the, feet the, tall. You know, the, the, your attitude is really based on chemistry, uh, biochemistry. And uh, the ultimate mindset, it's called a lot of different things in different sports businesses. And it's been called uh, in different countries. It's called Satori in Japanese. And that's that purposeful, calm feeling when nothing can go wrong. And you're not in the future. You're not in the past. Uh, you're locked into the moment, fully uh, uh, absorbed into what you're doing mentally, physically, and uh, if it is a sport, possibly technically. You're you're there. There's no place you'd rather be. And sometimes, you know, when you have success, and people start talking about the success, or you realize that you've been successful, uh, when you're aware of being in the zone, Seth, you're not in it any longer. And I think that's what happened to you. You're aware of being in the zone, and all of a sudden now you're not, and you're just like a panic almost. Oh, my gosh, I'm I'm not there anymore. So what do you do? Uh, you need to re-up uh, the five markers that really make up overall attitude and, of course, attract the zone. And those five markers, we're cooking up right now in the Zone Cafe. I can even feel the kitchen heating up, Seth, because I know we got a giant plate of self-discipline. That's a stumbling block for most people, self-discipline. That's a willingness, which we all have, but a, a commitment of that will to stay with routines or tasks, small little units of work that lead to Small goals that take you to a vision in some place and time. A person that's disciplined has high levels. You got cortisol flooding into the bloodstream, and that really starts to narrow your focus. That helps you put on those blinders. But says self-discipline is the only form of discipline. I can't discipline you. You know, we try to discipline our kids. The best thing, you know, as parents, but the best thing is to learn self-discipline self-reliance. And um, so you do need a little blueprint. So if you need some structure and a blueprint for the week or the month, it won't take you long. Make up your mind what you want and create the tactics or strategy to achieve that within your own timeline. You choose the timeline. So um, if you need self-discipline, Seth's got uh, a plate of it. We'll put it right through the window in your drive up. So you're only strong as the weakest link of these five ingredients. But maybe, maybe I do have a plan. Maybe you do have a blueprint of what you want. And maybe you have strategies. But, you know, maybe you're so talented you got too many balls in the air. Maybe you've bitten off more than you can chew. Maybe instead of those four goals that you had for the quarter, maybe you only needed two. And maybe that's why you're... Energy is dispersed, and it's not literally focused. So if you need concentration and you need to focus on one thing before you move on to the next, and a lot of us find ourselves in that position, um, we narrow our focus when things are not good. You know, man, woman, we're at our best when things are at its worst. That's when you narrow your focus. It's when you get disciplined. That's when you're down and out, by the way. You get disciplined. And then you lock in on one thing. And maybe you need that right now. Maybe you need to increase your concentration, the ability to focus mental and physical energy on the task that leads to the goal. And if you need that, 
Seth, you got a bag of that, don't you? I'm ready to, to give that out. Load that bag up to the brim. If you need concentration to finish one thing at a time, then that's what you need. But maybe, maybe you need some hope. Maybe you need some belief. Maybe you need some personal expectancy. You know, speaking of golf, I'm talking to a lot of golfers, and it's interesting listening to golfers talk about their golf game. And most of the golfers that I've talked to in the last week have not talked positive. They all, they actually talk about their driver or their putter as these foreign third-party entities about, yeah, my driver's let me down. I'm like, wow, your driver let you down. That's a bummer. Well, this smacks of low optimism. So if you need optimism, which is going to get some endorphins flowing and it's going to give you the confidence and the self-esteem, if you need that in your golf game, and golf's a big deal because you know it's getting uh, pretty nice all over the country to play golf, uh, but if you need concentration in your personal relationships, you need to focus, or maybe you need to look in the mirror because you want to get into that bathing suit uh, soon. Maybe you need to focus on your food intake and maybe your exercise. If you need concentration, we have, uh, excuse me, optimism. We have a lot of that, Seth. And, and you know, that's the glue that kind of holds everything together, optimism. Uh, if that's what you need, make sure you order that at the Zone Cafe. But maybe... Maybe you've got a lot going on, but maybe you're stressed out still. Uh, maybe you're worrying a lot, and maybe you have a little bit of fear. Maybe you got a big event coming up, and you hope you don't screw it up, and you hope you don't have a negative per- performance, and uh, you're chewing on that little flap of skid inside your mouth. I don't know what that's for except to chew on when you're nervous and worried. And uh, if you need some relaxation, you need some peace, you need some harmony. You need a little positive uh, flow in your life. Uh, well, we got a cool drink of relaxation. Lower your breathing down to six to eight breaths and take a lot of deep breaths throughout the day. If that's what you need, Seth, um, I know you got to fill, fill that uh, cup up of relaxation and get it out to the drive-up window. But maybe you need the Happy Meal. I don't know if you all are happy listening. Are you happy with your life? Uh, do you have music every day playing? Uh, speaking of music, what, uh, who who's in the zone this past week? Uh, Ch- uh, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover is oh just my, everywhere. I um, mean, wow. And his uh, song that he sang on Saturday Night Live last week that no one knew where they could find. It wasn't even on his album. Uh, four million people were trying to get it. Uh, what a happy song. And, uh, you know, watching him dance and watching him be excited uh, uh, through the music, uh, it sure uh, puts a, a smile and a, a gets you to tap your feet, and it'll get up and get you to dance. So if you need some enjoyment, check out his song, definitely. Uh, but maybe you just need to laugh a little bit more, uh, not take life so seriously. Maybe you got too much discipline. Maybe you're anal. You know that you know you're you're analyzing everything that you're doing, and you're trying to focus too hard, and you're too much trying to make money. So if you need to to get away mentally, laugh a little bit, have some music, uh, stop and smell some fresh flowers, hopefully in your own home. Well, you can order the Happy Meal enjoyment. That's the satisfaction and pleasure of executing the task of manifesting your blueprint. So, Seth. Self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, enjoyment. Get them all balanced. The zone comes. And, Seth, you're going to rock and roll and just crush whatever challenges you have. What do you need this week? I am going optimism. I'm ready to walk out of this studio, um, you know, with my shoulders squared, you know, light switch, you know, eyes up, just ready to take on the rest of the week. You, you know, you've you just had a lot going on. You've traveled. Of course, you got a lot of travel dates, but this is a, you know, particularly emotional one. Um, coming off of this week, what what do you need in the score system? I'm stumped. I have to tell you, uh, this is the first <laughs> week over forty some weeks. I'm where I need to be. Perfect. I, I I'm I'm so inspired by my hometown. They inspired me. Um, 
I am disciplined right now. Uh, I am focused on a few things. I am saying no to to a lot of things. It's easy to take on too much. I'm very cautious of that. So no has become a new yes for me. And I don't mean when I say no, I just, I don't have the time or the energy at the moment. And, um, but I'm confident in our young people. I'm optimistic about it. Uh, I feel very relaxed that we're not in bad hands, even though there's some tough times. Don't get me wrong. We're, we, we, we have some serious challenges around America. We do. And, and the world itself. You sit and watch the news long enough, you'll see it firsthand. But I'm inspired, and, uh, you know, I, I'm just loving uh, every day being in the moment, helping as many people as possible. So I'm going to stay the course right now, and um, I, I know when you're aware of being in the zone, you're not in it. So I'll just say I'm where I need to be. <laughs> that sounds perfect. And, of course, we always go out by telling you the same thing. Uh, as you go out and pursue those goals, those dreams, those ambitions. Be in the zone, everybody. It's the only place to be. And one last thing, inspire someone, motivate someone, influence someone in your home, in your school, in your community, in your neighborhood. Know that you're an influencer of thought, but it starts in the mirror of what you're thinking. So next week, think about what you think about and take those positive thoughts to make the world a better place. Be in the zone and help other people do the same. We'll see you next week for the Jim Fannin Show. Be in the zone. This is a leveling the playing field quick fix on Radio Influence. I have Susie Petrowski. Uh, she is the vice president of sales for the National Women's Soccer League, NWSL. I've been really, really fortunate in, in the opportunities that I've had, that I've gotten to learn from incredible people in this industry. And, you know, I've done countless things wrong, but I've been always pretty lucky to have people that were willing to help me learn how to do it right. And I'm always hopeful that I'll have an opportunity to do that for other people. I always think now I, I, it's the strangest thing. You know, now I'll get emails like, Hey, mm-hmm. will you take some time and, and talk to me? I'm trying to come up in this industry. And I, for anyone listening, if it's someone coming up, I will always say yes, because I was really not long ago at all. The person sending those emails saying, can I just have 15 minutes of your time? And I mean, without the help of others, it's impossible in any industry, especially the sports industry. So yeah. Um, you gotta, you gotta be lucky, but, um, I, you know, fortunately I've been pretty lucky. Leveling the playing field with Bobby Sue Doyle hazard can be found on Apple podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn radio, Google play and radio influence.com. <laughs>